Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the new podcast. We are on episode 7 today and uh, Bijan has a mystery topic for us and he's going to be going through and uh, telling us so yeah our reactions are quite raw to this. Yes, they don't know what it is. The title of the episode is The Indian Effect. Oh, okay. 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 So and what a coincidence. I'm it inter- doesn't, it's not related to your background or anything, <laughs> yeah. is it? I am Indian, by the way. So <laughs> you right. can't call me a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one does. <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's just, um, it's about the influence of the, it's an it's observation on um, the prevalence of Indian people, uh, whether they are citizens of India or just immigrants that have roots back to India um, and their prevalence in the world of business, uh, education and economics and finance. Um, and there's just some, it's, it's very interesting statistics and we're just going to go through some of those statistics, um, what they mean, what the underlying, you know, reason might be, uh, based on my own experience and what I've seen as well, and kind of what lessons we can take away, um, and apply. Uh, yeah. Can I ask a question? Mm. How did you come with this topic? How did I come up with this topic? Um, it, it, it's because, I mean, I want the audience I've, know that, you know, you're not trying to sell a pride. You just, we're talking about yes. that, the cause of the success. Sure. Sure. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. I'm not trying to be prideful the fact that I'm Indian. It's great that I'm Indian, it's but, good. Like, it's, but great. it's not, it's also not like, it's one of those things where, um, just because I'm Indian doesn't mean that any of this is mm. guaranteed for me. Mm. It's just an observation, uh, globally that there is, um, it, it's, it's like there was a, recently there's a start, there was a study done, um, on, and they found that people that have, that work on Firefox or Chrome is more productive at work in business environments than people that work on Internet Explorer. Um, and it's like, if you hear that study, it doesn't mean that if you go and download Chrome or Firefox, you're going to automatically be productive. No, yeah. it, 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 the, what it meant is that people that go out of the way to f- not just settle for the default and find the optimal solution to something tend to perform better. So trying to chase the outcome, the statistic or the outcome is not going to give you anything. But, um, but yeah, that's why it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a bit, it's just an observation. How I came up with it was, I mean, I, over the course of the couple, last couple of years, I've always heard these statistics, like one here and there, um, but I haven't heard like a compiled list and how did anyone talk about it before, which is why, uh, I have coined the phrase, the Indian effect. <laughs> Um, let's see if this goes viral. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and it's just an, it's just a collection of statistics. So let's, let's get right into it. Um, so how I've, how we'll go through it essentially is let's go over the statistics first. And like I said before, the, there's three sections I've split into. So there's, um, there's education, there is business. Uh, and then there's finance, uh, rough, roughly. And it's the t- three areas that these statistics are generally most common. Um, there's a lot of other areas in life, by the way, and a lot of other areas where Indians perform lower, but these are just the ones that they perform higher in. Um, and it's very relevant to the field of entrepreneurship, tech and business, um, which is why, and like cor- the corporate world, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Cause that's kind of a lot of the people we talk to and the themes that we're focused on. Um, and then we'll spend some time talking about why we think these things are the way they are. Mm. We are talking about the reasoning behind it. 
Sure. From a cultural perspective, uh, almost. They, what everyone has access to. The so, so, so the fact is, we're gonna interview you. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. As as a matter That's of fine. fact, it's like how Indians, yeah, get to the place yes. that they are. That you know, it, from a stereotype, you talk an Indian guy is like, oh, he's in IT or tech or something. Sure. So how did it happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. why it happened. And, 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 and you're right, the statistics are available everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but what I didn't find is the compilation of Correct. the statistics. Mm. Correct. They're, they're very, like, there's a lot of statistics and they're all in different areas when they talk about it. Mm. But you're going to be very interested. You're going to be very interested. Um, <laughs> okay, look, start. I'll jump right in. Um, so, first of all, yeah, like I said before, uh, we're going to go education, uh, education, business, and then money. Money. Okay. Sorry, yeah. when you say business, just to, for clearance, yes. is it including the tech as well or uh, not? Education, business, wealth. Yes, correct. Okay. Entrepreneurship, startups, okay. technology. Because it, it, okay, sure. Right. Uh, now, how I'll do it is like, we will just talk about statistics and I'll explain my thinking behind why I chose that mm -hmm. um, and what it kind of represents. And the first one, we start off with a little bit of a fun one. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off again. <laughs> <laughs> what is the reference? What is what is your reference of a statistic? I'm not going to tell you each reference. It's all very publicly available. Oh, okay. You can Google it. This okay. is and this is what I was telling uh, Ali just before. Okay. Yep. We are not. We are an entertainment platform. All right. All we right, are right, not right, information good, platform. No, good, good, good. So good. it's like it's casual. Sure. I'm going to read this out. Mm, sure. You can fact check it. Sure. It's all on the internet. No, no, it's fine. Um, so that's kind of what we're going for. Okay, cool. So that's statistic. Um, now. Again, starting with education. So I wanted to talk, I, I actually initially looked up uh, what kind of, what what areas in education and what are indicators that um, Indian origin, people with Indian origin or Southeastern origins um, prevail uh, in that space, right? And the first thing that come, came up, which I see why it came up now, but I like the first thing that came up is about spelling bee, okay? Um, now, in America, there is something called the Scripps National Spelling Bee. It's a competition, and it's been running for over 20 years. So in the last 20 years, 21 out of 23 spelling bees was won by someone of Indian origin. Wow. wow. Right. Um, and which is quite shocking. Um, and, and the reason behind, the reason, I was reading this article on, on what, why that was, um, and the correlating factor that we found is they found is that Indian parents outspend any other culture's parents on the child's education. Um, and it's not just natural talent. Like everyone was born the same. It's not just natural talent that Indian kids have, which is the parents prioritize it. It's artificial. Yes. Yep. But, but the outcome is still there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, but if I, I promise you, if you look up a stat for Indians playing sports, You'll see the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, cricket. That's my, just cricket. That's my experience growing up. But um, but that was the first one. Yeah. What do you think about it? I mean, it's true. Because mm. well, I I definitely think like it's and again I'm I'm like an excellent neighbor. I grew up in Pakistan. Was born in Afghanistan. Very close. Um, it's. I think that's just the mindset of those sort of parents. They mm. they they're really like I didn't have education. I didn't have access to this. So I'm gonna like just push my, my, my child to, yeah. to go and study and learn and become smart. And, and it's also the, uh, competitive factor. Yes. It's, it's, it's a given thing, especially within Afri uh, like ethnics. It's like, oh, you know, if my kid's a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer and they've got mm. like A's, it's a bragging right. Mm. But it, it's always, 
when I grew up, it was always interesting because, I mean, this is, we're specifically talking in uh, high school, right? Mm. Or, or younger. Yeah. Because I will touch on university in a second, but. Even high school. Even high school. That's yeah, what I'm like, saying. Like yeah. even high school, you know, they'll give you awards and stuff like that. And then they, I, I feel like, especially my parents, though, they were like, oh, the amount of pride that we get. Mm. If we if we go to the assembly and they, they call you up on stage, and they're like, you get an award for this. Yeah. Like I, I sort of compare it to you save up money to go buy a car yeah. and you want to show off that car yeah, or a house. Mm. Kids are the exact same thing. Our parents see us as an true. investment. They're like, I'm going to spend money, 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 money. So I can at least show it off to some people. Like, this is what I grew. Yeah. And this is what I uh, invested money in, sent them to tutors, sent them to the best, best school out there and like constantly told them to do their homework so I can show it off to the world. <laughs> you know, that's an really interesting uh, mindset. Now I feel really bad that I didn't win more competition. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is like our parents, of course, it's what's in their hand is, okay, where am I going to send yeah. you? What am I going to spend? It was on us mm. to win those well, awards. And it, it was really interesting because like thinking about it, um, my parents, and I think this is the same story for a lot of people, a uh, lot of Indian people is mm. that they actually valued education for the sake of education, mm. not education for the sake of making money. Mm. Um, because making money wasn't a huge thing in when I grew up, it was actually education and like mm. testing and like being smart and being capable and knowing a lot of information, mm. but they didn't necessarily explicitly care about how that translated into making money. They, they, I don't know. I mean, a lot of Indians, I mean, we'll go into the next statistic, which is that, um, the median household income for an Indian American family is reported at 119,000 us dollars. This is in America where, which is well above the median average of $85,800, wow. um, which, and, and if you actually look at the graph, um, of, and this data is available publicly, um, of each, uh, ethnicity household, um, it's about, it's, it's, it's pretty like linear. It goes up. Yeah. Um, I think the second highest is another Asian country, um, origin. And I think it sits about 10 or 15 K lower than, um, Indians. Yes. Um, but, but, but the Delta, like after that mm. is like 1,000, 2,000. It's very, okay. very minimal. So it's, it's kind of like a linear and, and then it's just okay. in, which is such a like outstanding statistic because when I was growing up, money was like, everyone had money, yeah. but it was never something that like, my parents never went, you know, you got to make sure you're rich. No, they went, you got to make sure you're well-educated. What I was, what I was going to chuck, um, say a little bit before, and it goes really well with that is I think it's, it's our parents, like, yes, money is a big thing, but they knew that if we were well-educated, money would come with it. And it's the same thing that with entrepreneurship, right? It's like, you want to, you want to help somebody, you do that. And then the byproduct is money. The same goes with uh, knowledge. They, they they know like if you're if you're if you're tertiary smart, you can get a job. You, mm. you, like as long as you've got that degree, as long as you've got that knowledge, and and you're smart enough, and you are very intellectual, you can get a good enough job. Yeah, yeah it, so. it comes with it. Like again, you know, banking is all money, but money is numbers. Mm -hmm. So if you're good at maths, you can do that. And then there's patent trading and all of that. So as long as you can at least excel in one area and you're quite intellectual, yeah, money just naturally flows. Yeah. So I think that that's a great cor uh, correlation where it's like if the parents are focusing so much on their kids to you know be 
be really smart, excel in all those areas, they end, they're going to end up getting a good job anyways. Mm. I, I think it reflects back to um, the Indian education system. Mm. Now, the Indian education system is very interesting because it's, it's very cutthroat. Um, you either do really well or you do really bad. Um, and there's no medium and, and it's very STEM based as well. So I know that cause my cousins are from India and they're, some of them are living with me right now with my parents and talking to them about how they grew up, it was very STEM focused. So science, mm. technology, engineering and maths, um, very, very STEM focused, very small focus on like the arts. 100%. The history, the language. There, there is some, but a lot of people know that if you want to do well, you've got to pick the STEM subjects. And and another major difference if you uh, with Indian education system compared to here is that to be able to get into something like medicine or law um, or engineering, there's a lot of prerequisites in uni in high school. Mm. Um, in here in engineering, there is a prerequisite, but a lot of a lot of degrees don't have prerequisites, yeah. especially the high achieving ones. Mm -hmm. um, you can do whatever you want in high school, but in, but in India, you have to pick the STEM subjects. If you want to do even a lawyer, like even if you want to do medicine, like whatever. Cause the competition is high, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the other part. So it's, it's very pushing STEM and then it's very much pushing competition because everything is done through competitive exams in India. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so. Think about like what one point something billion people competing against each other. It's it's mm. very very, and they make it very public knowledge as well of who's first. Oh yes. yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's literally like it's yeah. competition all it, the time. Yeah, the newsletters that get sent to the parents, everyone knows whose kid is first, yes. and and obviously the parents. So that's another bragging yeah. right. Um, but another thing I wanted to add to that was, they started off very young. Like you, you go you go to mm -hmm. high school here, you you have no idea what you're gonna do. Yeah, and then year eleven comes around, and you're like all right, guys, you got to be very serious about it. We're going to have people coming in from the unis to talk to you. And this is where you picked your electives. All right. Why didn't you tell me when I was in year six? Yes. Like, I, yeah, it does add a lot of factor of like, um, stress, but you gotta, you gotta tell these kids at a younger age, honestly, like you can't just wait until you're 11 mm. and then, you know, they've been I cruising along. Yeah. They can handle it. They can, mm. if you condition them to. Yes. You can't just throw it. Cause that's what I think the education system here, mm. like, okay, we want to, we want to shelter them. We want to keep them safe. Mm. And then when, you, when they're 17, 18, that's when we'll like throw the real mm. stuff at them. Cause they're young adults. They haven't been conditioned to that. Yeah. You, you can't. Maybe they set it up so that the high school system and the schooling system in general mm. is trying to best reflect the environment in the household as well. And so like, yeah. if it's a very, it's, you know, you don't want to throw it off completely where it's like, it's so super chill at home. You can do whatever you want. And then you come to school and it's very strict, um, all the other way around. Mm. But yeah, but see what I was going to lead to was that like, this is how it's in India, right? This is how my parents grew up. I'm talking first generation Indians, the ones that immigrated here. Uh, this is how my parents grew up and they don't know any better. Mm. So they prepared me for the Indian education system. But then I was here. Which far exceeded the education system here. <laughs> well, yes and no. I think it's, I think there's benefits here, but I think the way my parents taught me helped me exceed here very well. Uh, but if I was back in India, I would not have done well. Yeah. Cause you know, I, like, I'm not a very, like, I don't think I'm competitive enough to do well in India. Cause people in India are very smart. 
Well, that's one thing that I've realized and, and, you know, it's not an actual statistic that anyone can follow, but it's just my assumption and um, things that I've seen. But like seeing people that just recently migrate to here and then I compare it to people growing up here, night and day difference. It's literally because they've been conditioned those in those um, areas. It's like the D student over in Pakistan, India is like a B plus, A minus student here just because of how cutthroat yeah. it is. Um, and one analogy I wanted to put is if you don't know how to use, or like say when you're digging, right? You can have the best resources, but if you don't know how to use those resources, you're still gonna be digging with your bare hands. And that's the same thing with with um, with um, like people here is they're too relaxed. Like, I know I have these resources, I don't care. I have the freedom to dig for the rest of for the rest of my life and I'll still have food, water, comfort, whatever. Whereas in those third world countries, it's pretty much like, all right, if I can find a shovel, mm. I'm gonna use it to the best of my ability. Yeah. So here you Because there's someone else there that's yeah. my, like that's gonna there's 10 that's gonna take there. yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna utilize it for yeah. me. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And then I'm gonna be left with nothing. Survival mm. of the fittest. Yeah. It's interesting because but but that also speaks to what I've seen and observed of international students uh, coming here and completing university and then struggling to find a job. Um, because I, I can see the difference and just a personal observation is that um, in India, it makes sense that everything's a numbers game because there's so many people. Like, you know, their population is what? Well, if it's- 1.2 something billion. Yeah, right. So, um, if you're applying for a job here, think that there's multitudes more people applying there. And so their HR department cannot go through the, the detail that they, we can hear, mm. which means until you get to the very top, it's a numbers game. Mm. It's let's rank you from best to worst and then we'll pick the top, whatever, and then we'll look at them in detail. Yeah. And so they've been trained on a system of where it's a numbers game. So they come here thinking, oh, my grades are great. I have a seven GPA. Easy. Want to find a job? No problem at all. Um, but then they come here and they can't speak because in India you don't have to sell yourself. No. Your your, your grades, grades do it for you. Yeah. Uh, here you come here and you have the best grades, but I can't talk to anyone. Oh, no one wants to hire you because you're not going to fit well in team. You know what I mean? There was this movie a few years ago, which I it's an Indian movie, and it's called Three Idiots or something like that. Yeah. Uh, there was this story of these. Um, The guy who attends the, I mean, you've seen the movie. No, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it before. Yeah. Uh, is it uh, Amir Khan or something like that? I think Amir he, Khan. Yeah, yes. Amir Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's the main actor. Um, again, I'm, I might be wrong. I'm gonna have to double check it. The story of the the merit of the story was that everyone was forced to actually attend the university, but this guy attended university in replacement of someone else. Um, because he was poor. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to burn the whole story of the movie so people can go and watch, but it somehow criticized that system. I see. Okay. You know, and it's a different, so it's trying to sort of like create a shadow over that. How can we overcome that game of number? Mm. Yeah. Does that game of number get us anywhere? Yeah. At the individual's level. Yeah. It's a success story, no doubt about it. 
But at the society level, is it a success story for everyone? Um, and, and these are the questions that I often ask myself. You didn't, you didn't study in those type of systems that it's a game of number. Oh, you did though. I did mm. up until just before the year of, I mean, right through the middle of year 12. Okay. And then I did migrate before that. Um, if you slightly want to actually think outside the box, then you're done. Your entire life is done. Okay. The other thing is like, if, if you just follow the same routes that everyone else is actually going down path, then you're going to end up getting the same results. Yeah. Well, you're living in a time that it's, we are facing with endless possibilities. Okay. So we need more innovators, mm. uh, critical thinkers. Yeah. It's almost like curiosity is curiosity punished. is, is, is now in, in, in those system is completely punished. Mm. And this is my controversy now because I can up from outside and now looking at it is like, and the, a little bit of a corruption. Yeah. I'm not talking about India, I'm talking about place I come from. Which is not a little bit now, it's a lot of corruption in the education system, which then they can fudge the numbers. Yeah. So you do, even though you might be really good at those STEM fields, but someone else is richer than you and has more say in the system. They can cheat the system. So you're literally done. Okay. And that is the downside of it. Yeah. Okay. And look, the idea that you're talking about that people are focused and become a hardworking, it's, it's an honor to me. So like to listen to the story, but we probably would be much more, um, it's like appealing to me if saying people were not in a competition or race, they were genuinely loving this and were doing it because it was part of their dream, not because I wanted to actually become rich mm. or survive. Yeah. Okay. Well, Please. we'll touch a bit in, in a second about yeah. how, how people, you're right. People that grew up in India. Um, as examples, I'm using India, mm. but then came to Western countries and then thrived there. That's, that's the really interesting numbers. And I think that's like what you said, it's, it's because you built a foundation in a system where it's about competition and about numbers, mm. but then you came to this Western world where it's free and it allowed you to think out of the box, mm. but because you've built that foundation, mm. you're like, the sky's the limit. It's the best of both worlds. Yes. Um, and that's the thing that like I, I sort of have found the comparison between the Western countries and, and that there is no in between. And I don't know if it's ever going to exist, um, but they're, they're all on like two different extremes. Um, and that's one thing that has always very, like made me very upset is that there is obviously the third world countries like India, Pakistan, Iran, um, and even some first world countries like Korea and stuff like it's purely numbers. Um, and it's purely the fact that you've got to be intellectual, you've got to be smart and you've got to be the best grades possible and you're going to ex excel. 
Um, and yes, sometimes, like majority of the times in, in the, the other countries, creativity is, is frowned upon because they have that shit that they have that set mo um, model there and they want you to follow it to the T. Um, as long as you can really navigate your way through it and do the best that you can, they're happy. Um, and your curiosity is punished. The other thing that I find is, and this is purely my own opinion, in Western countries, curiosity is allowed too much. And that's just because human beings, right? Curiosity without direction, right? Curiosity yeah. without direction allows people to do things that they, they, they explore areas that I personally feel like it doesn't need to be explored. But that's just because you've got the comfort, you've got that ability to just sit there and think about whatever that you can. So I feel like if there was, if there was like a beautiful combination, how you said it's like growing up with that numbers sort of mentality, but then being able to very easily transition here and then also embrace what was happening here. And you have the foundation of the, right, this is what I got to do, this is what I have to stick to. But then you've got the ability to then now be curious and you can use your intellectual side to boost your curiosity. It goes it into, works well. It's a beautiful yeah. mixture. And, and I think, and I think that can be emulated um, with good parenting. Hundred percent. I, I think, I think if you raise a child with a focus on discipline um, and hard work, but then also that sense of competition, but, but it's it's tough because there is not there isn't a lot of competition here. Um, and Mainly among communities themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, like. I, I remember times when my parents would try to compare me to people that were living in another country because they couldn't compare me with anyone here. So this is not that many people. Mm. Uh, but it's still like as, at a young age, it still made me go, oh, damn, okay. I gotta, I'm I not, I've not made them proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously now going back and I'm like older, I'm like, I'm very grateful that they made me work mm. harder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Anyway, I'll, I'll jump on to the next, um, next one. And this is, so we, obviously we talked about a bit about high schools and, and the system that now we're just going on to the the next phase of life, which is university, right? Yeah. Um, it's very interesting talking about universities in India because there is a there is an interesting university culture in India. And well, I come from Kerala, which is right at the bottom of India, um, and it's very interesting because a lot, uh, oftentimes, what you see is not just the wealthy families you don't have to be overtly wealthy to go into a foreign country mm. um, because a lot of students can support themselves once they leave it's just a matter of making sure they have enough money for the visa the application the flights once they get to the other country a lot of students can support themselves mm. um but you have to be smart um and but what you see in a lot of places like kerala is that the smartest individuals all leave the country and so the place is left with the people that aren't the smartest. Um, and so speaking to that as a statistical, statistical point of view, it's going to shock you. Okay. So just in India, currently there are 1 million international students, Indian students abroad in India. Uh, sorry. There's yeah, currently 1 million Indian students that are living abroad um, in other, any all places of the world. Mm. Okay? okay. But within 2025, it's expected to, reach 1.5 to 2 million which means a doubling in three years for some reason i thought it was gonna it was gonna be more even more Crazy. like the initial numbers okay mm. but okay so and then and then the big four yeah the big four is uh the us canada uk and australia is yep. the is the big four that people are in um so one so think about it 1.5 to 2 million in 2025 
around the corner. Um, but then you look at the money numbers. It's very interesting. So that means right now, uh, so on average, the, and on average, um, international students pay $36,000 a year uni for fees. uni fees, yep. which means that's $36 billion market value for uni fees. Um, just paid by just Indian international students in yep. the world. But that means by 2025, that could jump to $72 billion. Now, this is the bombshell. No pun intended. Do you know how much India spends a year on their defense budget? In 2021, it was $76 billion. So equivalent of the defense budget goes outside the country. Yes. Isn't that crazy? But, but think about a couple of things there. <clears throat> That's how much... Indian people value education. Mm. Like they wouldn't go out if the same opportunity was in India, yeah. first of all, um, and not just for education, but also for their future careers. But that's why they go out. So even though there's not any spaces in India, they're willing to pay the same as a country, the same amount as they pay for defense by 2025 on education. Yep, on Outside, outside, because obviously there's plenty of spending done within the country. Yes, but this just... is just international students. Wow, seventy-six billion. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Yeah, and and India had a just. I think it was uh, last year. I think I don't. I didn't write the statistic down, but I did read it. It was three point. I think three point two or three point three trillion dollar GDP. Mm. So it's about two percent. Um, which is uh, India spent 2.5% of their GDP on defense last year, which is 76. Um, but by 2025, they could be spending 2% on education. Can I be honest? Mm. There's a lot of countries that like, and, and this is just the, those reported figures of like students actually getting student visas coming through mm. studying here. And lots of countries do it, but there's lots of people that obviously are not able to get those visas. So I think it's actually a lot more. Mm. I, I, I definitely think that's why I was, you know, it was quite surprising to say you know, 1 million. But it's just yeah. India, right? That's, that's just India. But I think there's like, I would probably have to say it's probably 1.2, 1 1.3 1 sure, at sure. the moment. I think it's an old statistic. In yeah, terms yeah, yeah. of people that come here yeah. on working visas, but end up studying. Yes. Because they're forced oh, to. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause okay. I, I, and, and I've run into a lot of people yeah. um, that, again, it, every everyone's situation is different um, and lots of countries do it. Like people from lots of countries because they're desperate. They know that the resources they're going to have access to here is going to be far better than what they have there. So they're going to risk a lot to, to, to do it. But I think, yeah, there's lots of people that come on other visas mm. but end up studying here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, in Australia, um, I think China China has more international students than mm. Indians um, in Australia. In Australia, but, yes. In Australia, yeah. But I think... A lot of people go to, I think the US and Canada are the big ones Massive. and UK. Actually, I, I didn't include this in here, but Germany is pretty big as well. I know a lot of, personally, Europe, I know yeah, a lot of people, yeah. uh, people that go to Germany. The big thing with Germany, though, is that you have to know German before you can go to the country. But the education is free. Yes, correct. Yeah. In Germany, the education is free. Yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll be practicing my German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the degree level is German, but if you go at the master's level, it's actually English. Yes. Huh. Yeah, correct. So, um, so they reward you. Yeah. They, they, the they do, and it's still free. Jeez. Which is amazing. But, um, but it, I, I just thought it was interesting because like 
it really further instills like this trend, the right? The importance of education and the value. So up until that point, up until university, um, the parents are paying, right? High school, mm. but they're not just paying the home. They're paying for tuition. Uh, did you do tutoring when you were? But I... that is, that is, a, sorry to cut you off, but that is, a, that is a passion game or a survival game. Do you think? Hmm. I don't think it's a survival game because I don't think, because, because I know, I know not. Okay. By the way, not every Indian parent is like this. Um, let me but, say that. Um, we were talking about majority. Yes. Yeah, but, which is why I'm saying yeah. it's a passion game because I know plenty of Indian people that aren't super academic. That's not what their focus was. Their parents never pushed that and they still end up fine. Hmm. Oftentimes they they're either like, when I say average, I mean like they're in the median of the population doing median kind of work, yeah. um, or even slightly above just because do like, you know, unconsciously there's still biases that put you a bit ahead. Oh, do you know Russell Peters? Yes. Love Russell Peters. <laughs> so, imagined. <laughs> so, like I'm, I'm referring to him as a reference. It might not be the most appropriate things, but he makes jokes about this mm -hmm. that, you know, um, what type of passion is that? Is it the passion to show off or is it the passion that I see my, my child is happy and successful in whatever they're doing? Yeah, I think we know the answer. To that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you mentioned it just before. Yeah, it's it absolutely. I think it's a show off. And, um, and, and look, there, there is, and I'm going to the next question on that is that, I mean, probably I should let you go through your question and the more stats because there are there are more like critical questions just taking up <laughs> at the moment uh, because I, I I sort of came through that process living in a country that um, sort of a similar education system really high numbers and then through them you know migration and then opened up suddenly to a different education system and working system and culture and life balance and all that so yeah probably go ahead with those stats and then I'll oh, keep going. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, but, but yeah, so back. Okay. Well, before I go ahead, I just want to close off. It, was it about education? Cause we're going to move into business now. So if it was about education, then why don't you, it is related to the business and, okay. and, and, no, and education because it's now so like, mm. you can't really separate them. Cause the next phase it's hand hand. It's, it goes yeah. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when I talk about business, the really interesting thing to me is that again, I don't know a lot of Indian students, mm. uh, whether it's friends that I know or international, I don't, there's like almost no international students. Uh, no one does this bachelor of business, right? I don't know anyone that studies non-STEM. I, I know there's a couple of people, but a You're lot right, of, actually, a lot yeah. of non-STEM people, bachelor of business is a very, like, I've heard a lot of, I've seen a lot of like people that live here, like Aussies do it. Um, people have grown up here and a lot of Americans love business. A lot of Chinese international students. Yes. Do a lot of, yeah. there you go. But I, not a lot of Indian people just go out and study bachelor business. They'll always go into a STEM subject, a technical subject. Yeah. But then they now, can turn here into are these statistics, right? Um, so, well, the big one, and I'm sure this is very common, 30% of fortune 500 companies have an Indian CEO. Um, how many? 30, 30, 30%. Is that global? Yeah. Global. But, but then, okay. so I checked to make sure and India has 17.6% of the world's population. So mm -hmm. if you, even if you normalize the population, it's still double almost, mm -hmm. right? 
which is really interesting. And and then I went more into looking into like this is Fortune 500, right? Okay, what about this, the bottom of the list? So Fortune 500 is big big companies. Yeah. What about startups, right? So even more interesting. Uh, twenty nine percent of unicorn startups. Do you know what a unicorn startup is? Mm-hmm. It's one billion. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So twenty nine percent, which is sixty seven out of two hundred and thirty three, uh, in the U S. Unicorn startups was founded by an Indian American. Twenty nine percent. Do you know what the Indian American population is of uh, of America? It's one point two percent. That's crazy. That is massive. One point two percent of the population. But then again, like America. America's population is quite extensive as well. What is it like two hundred something? Three hundred million. Three hundred. Three hundred fifty million. So, but, so that's like thirty million. There's there's a question here. So CEOs. Three million. I can get it. How many of these companies, the founders are Indians? No, that's what I'm saying. Founders, 29%. Oh, the start, startup founders. The but startup then founders. obviously the Fortune 500s are going to have founders yes, that are, thing, but have now, yeah. like the CEOs are because of Because that's, that's, that's a different story. Mm. Yes. Because the founding and the CEO, two, yes. two, two separate stories. So I think it's the new age, the new age of Indians and Indian Americans are becoming founders. Are becoming founders. Whereas the sort of old, not old, old, but like, what, what generation do you call them? Do you uh, gen, millennium? Gen X. Gen, no, before that. Uh, before so. Gen X is the baby boomers. Okay, yeah. so the baby boomers. Yeah. They're yeah. the ones that are at that stage where they're not the founders, but they've oh, built think, themselves up to. I think to... it's Gen X that are like, Gen X is like 50 years old. Is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, so like the Gen X that yeah. are now getting to CEO levels, yes. they're getting to vice president levels. Um, they're, they're getting to really high levels mm. of leadership mm. within yeah. billion dollar companies yeah now this is this is all great right mm. but and I, I i never never play the victim card mm. okay i really think there's an equal opportunity here for everyone um but big but here when i see numbers like that and then some like i don't know if you uh saw last year there was a i think it was a lawsuit um or a review done um, on U.S. universities uh, having a higher score for Asian Americans um, to get into medicine that that they needed compared to just like no, like non-Asian Americans. Is it because of the volume of people that were going? No, in? it's because if they everyone kept everyone at the same level, all of them all of the South, yeah Asians and Southeast Asians. Yeah. <laughs> so so they, I think it was a lawsuit where wow. they it was discrimination yeah. because like they wanted an equal. They wanted to look more even, yeah. so they bumped up the standard for Asians. Wow. And so, so if this is happening there, um, then and I see these stats like this, which make me think, you know, if I'm working at like a big company, mm. um, or or even just like if I'm in front of a VC, as in a um, venture capitalist, mm. or just an investor or a bank, or whatever, and I'm Indian. Um, I wonder if there's some kind of unconscious bias to like, I don't want to add to the stat, like, like a glass ceiling almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's make, let's make the top level more diverse. So we're going to make it a bit harder for you if you're Indian to actually get there. Um, This is like, again, I'm not trying to play the victim card. It's just that ultimately human behavior um, at a, at a large level, Envy is a human behavior. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that I'm thinking about 
I think that thought, if that's, that makes sense. That sort of politics runs in any company mm. and in any area against everyone. Mm. Uh, there's, you know, like, and, and that's what, like, it, it, to be honest, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, I hate the fact that there's so many different, like, quotas that companies fill. All right, so there's a ethnicity quota, there's a, um, you know, gender neutral quota, and then there's there's this quota. I'm like, just fucking, just treat them based on I'm their merits. Just swear. <laughs> that's good. I'm just I, like I apologize, but I'm just like just just treat them off their merit. Don't yeah. don't oh, be uh, like, okay, uh, I need to I need to fit this agenda. I need to fit it. like it, it genuinely infuriates me. Yeah. Like just treat people on their individual merits. Yeah. Don't discriminate or don't prioritize because like. I've seen I've seen people in such high places, but because they got there because they were the ones that were going to meet the quota, the company was going to fulfill the quota. But then so many people missed out because the quota was full. Yeah, I'm like why? It, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, there's I, I see I see the point, and like I agree. Um, recently, I found there's some exceptions to the rule. Hmm. Um, things like things like having a panel of judges for example um if i'm if i'm organizing an event for like something for engineering and there's a panel of judges i need um and that's going to be broadcasted to the public mm. and kids are going to see it and like young engineers are going to see it, people at university is going to see it um even though yes it's not an equal representation of men and women in, in real life in industry i want to strive and i, I get why people push to want to strive uh that panel to have an equal distribution yeah. because when if i'm a female engineer and i see an all-male board or if i'm a female student then it, it you want the industry to look appealing yeah. um and sh and show that everyone is seen and everyone is heard and everyone is welcome yeah. um which see there's the exception to the rule but when you start picking and employing people because of a quota yeah um i, I think when you artificially try to do anything you know like you can't try it to stuff everything solve up. a problem like that. Exactly. Um, Look, coming back to what you were talking about, the envy and stuff mm. that you were talking about. Um, this is, uh, and I've been thinking about it a lot actually. Um, um, and this is based on the personal experience. And, and I know at the moment there is a huge fight about, you know, white supremacy and all of that you know they're trying to corner the white people literally um for whatever reason okay um and i'm saying it from a perspective that i have been i have faced racism in the past so yes it does exist but i've seen racism of non-white people against other people or against white people as well. Okay, so I, I came out of the individual's game. Yep. Okay. My experience, at least from what I've seen within Australia, and I've been living here for enough, I mean, a good portion of my adult life, probably all of my adult life, you know, all of that. Um, the system, which is more important, the system is based on the values that is very human based. So it's not race based. 
and it's you know yes there are within the systems there are people may actually act differently but my experience is like no they you know compared to what i've seen in other countries i'm which i'm not gonna say where did i live and where did i you know have all those experiences um they seemed from outside that they shouldn't be racist but the systems were racist mm. okay and it create a lot of discriminations yeah what we have here as a system and again i'm not saying that there, there are no you know shortcomings or it's absolutely perfect and everything but compared to what i've seen mm-hmm. it's way developed yeah and 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 it is an argument that Elon Musk actually makes, which I really love about the um, about the systems wars and games about the so like if they want to actually handpick people and then you know have a superiority or have a game power. Mm. It's his it's his analogy, which I used before as well. So after the Second World War, U.S. had the opportunity to take over many countries. Yeah. Okay. They had the atomic bombs, they had the willpower, they had the um, military behind them, they had the economic power. And they could rule the entire world. I mean, if you you look at, I'm Persian, so I can actually say Persians did have a power and they did rule the entire world. Yeah. Okay. Americans didn't do it. Americans went to Europe, let them free, came out, and then helped Europeans actually build Europe. Yes, they did bomb Japan, but they didn't conquer Japan. Japan became one of the most thriving economies and, 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 and the democracies after the Second World War. So, so that is my analogy it's, towards, towards that. Yeah. And, and, and towards what you said about the envy, I think, and I totally get it. What we have here in the West, what is actually practiced in the West is a different value system than what's happening in other countries. If, and the reason that those Indians are successful in my opinion is that they could catch the value system that is played in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they adopted. And yes. they adopted. Mm. Okay. Mm. And the value system that exists in the in the West is not just based on the winning the winning the numbers. Yeah. Well, it's really okay. So I don't know if you saw my next like my no, next term. I didn't cheat, okay. But but what you said, yeah. I have the math to back yeah. you up. And um this shocked me. And this is this is gonna make India look a little bit worse than the pedestal I've put it in right now. Um, and it, it speaks to those individual contributions compared to society. Like, mm. like we discussed at a societal level, there's things Indians do, especially Indians that have left India that helps them succeed. Right. Mm. But on an individual level, um, so, uh, the statistic is called is for the UH, UHNIs. Um, now there's a new acronym for you to learn. It's called ultra high worth net individual. Oh, yeah. Um, and relative contribution essentially means what percentage of their income they give to well they give away essentially oh, it's charities to charities okay. um and so for for india indian ultra high worth net ultra high net worth individuals 
uh, relative contribution is between 0 0.1 to 0.15% of their uh, no, income. What is the benchmark compared to other? I'll tell you. All right. The US, it's 1.2 to 2.5%. That you're looking at between almost a 20 times. So Indian ultra high net worth individuals give away almost 20 times less than, this than is US. Average than U.S. ultra high net worth individuals. And that tells a lot of a story. It tells a lot yeah. because it's, again, it shows, you know, what we were talking before about um, why Indian parents want their kids to be so, it's to show off, right? Exactly. And you can't show off you give your money away. <laughs> but like, again, this is at a societal level. There are individuals in India, I know there's some billionaires mm. that give all their money away, yeah. right? There's, there's, there is unicorns, but as, as a general... It offsets it. Yeah. yeah, you build it's it up up to difference. to here, and then you suddenly scratch everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is again, again. This is not. Uh, look, it's, it's a mindset. It's a. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting. But I see story. what you mean. I mean, that's what you were saying when you said the U.S. gave back. Yeah. I mean, because again, you have to think about it. Like, and there's so many stories with uh, again. There's all you know, high high ultra high net worth individuals and just even everyday individuals. And, and I'm comparing like all of them, um, across the spectrum is for like, I think Asian, Southeast Asian, those sort of, and like the ethnic family, um, individuals and the ethnic people, we want to keep our money for our people and like for our family. Mm. And it's not even for our people, it's for our family. So we're like, all right, I'm just going to keep everything here. I'm going to give, but I'm going to give very little. And just make sure that you know my family and my my offspring exactly it's like my offsprings and my legacy can just keep um flourishing mm. whereas you look at other other yeah. um ethnicities and other things where like especially with the western they're like okay yeah I'll, I'll donate a lot by all means and then it was like um you know you look at warren buffett and he goes okay and bill gates when i die all my net worth like a small portion gets left to my family, but 98% of it gets donated. Um, and then it's just a drastic, it's a drastic it's, difference. It's interesting as well. Like there's a lot of psychology that speaks to the fact that the more you give, the happier you are in life as well. And, and the when, more you when give, are we ever happy? <laughs> the, 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 the more you give also, the more you gain. Yes. Mm. Because the more you give, you have more capacity Correct. Yeah. to That's build the relationships. That's true. Yeah. Okay. And that is, that is what I was talking about. The mindset. Look, um, again, you have to quote, you know, you have to check these quotes, but I think, um, it was Winston Churchill during the second world war. Again, we have to double check it. If you could <laughs> check it, that would be perfect because it's an important quote. I think they have cut back the art budget during the world war. Okay. And then he went back and fought and said, if you're cutting back the art, then what the fuck are you fighting for? Mm. Okay. Because that is a metaphor of the, so like, that's how it shapes the values within the society. Okay. Mm. And look, I agree that, you know, for the last few decades, probably the West gave up on sort of like the technical part. Mm you know, mostly, and it's a, it's sort of like a hidden war at the moment that we are in, but, and it needs a balance, but those things are important. I okay. 
it it creates it's a, it's a balance it's a yin yang it's a it's a sort of like a lefts and right side of your brain that it needs that emotional and logical balance if mm. you if you create that imbalance then what is life for mm. seriously <laughs> so yeah. too much of anything is a bad thing too, too much of anything is a bad thing yeah. either side mm. yeah but i wonder why i wonder why like you said there is no middle ground like why is it that there is no country where everything is just perfect and it's because yeah. humans don't uh, humans take a long time um and and we're still like if you really th look at it mm. like the human race is still quite young compared to the world and compared to things and and again i think it's purely the fact that as our species evolves develops um we we need so much of the population to just accept the fact that not everyone's going to be happy and just accept the fact mm. that you know there has to be a balance in something but it's impossible our population is growing so rapidly and you're getting like there is so much propaganda and indoctrination from when you're growing up and and you get told so many different things and you're not allowed to you know develop your own thoughts in one area and then another area you're allowed to be too free it's just a clash mm. because one side wants to have complete power um over everyone the other one the other side wants to have power over the individual and empower the individual themselves um i definitely think if you bring both of them together within the next couple hundred years human human like human the human species is going to be in such a good place mm. and it's going to excel really well but humans are greedy mm. you, you you can never make humans happy some grids are good mm. some some are good as long as it pushes you in a way that I mean, every emotion I believe in humans to a certain extent is valuable. Mm. But then if it's, if it's, if there's no balance between all the emotions, there has to be regulation. Then, then so like, there is a reason that people get angry. Anger is not bad. Mm. Okay. If it's sort of like a defensive mechanism that sometimes you know that. But then how you manage the anger and how you act upon it is important. The greed, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's okay to demand for a comfortable life, not a luxury life, comfortable. by the comfortable life. Okay. It's, I think it's natural. I think it's healthy. It's mm -hmm. needed, you know, but then if you are fighting to get the money, to get the luxury, to show off, then that's sick. Yeah, an analogy just came into my head, and and I want you guys to excuse my analogies because they can get quite you know, out there. Yeah. Um. But it's this goes to medicine, right? And it's something that like I've the longest time I've I, I've realized it now, but um, and it's a comparison between some Western countries, and then I actually let's put it in regards to a communist society mm -hmm. and then a society where it's more like democracy um the communist aspect of it is like we're just gonna keep giving you medicine to cover up everything and then you just push through whereas the some of the western sides is like okay you just have to you, you can you have freedom to do whatever you want deal with it if there was a 
perfect mold of it where it's like, okay, you give the medicine for the pain, but you teach the person to do things to get rid of that issue. But then, you know, sort of why that sort of came into my head was then you look in Western countries and especially it's because of the money. They don't teach you how to get rid of the problem. They just give, give you medicine. You go there, you're like, all right, this is the issue. Look, here's antibiotics. Here's more antibiotics. All right, this is hurting. Have some Panadol. Have some Nurofen. Like, but you're not telling me how to resolve the issue. You're just telling me to take medicine. Um, whereas in like, say, back in the day, it was more, okay, how do we resolve this issue? And you see those like old school traditional uh, healing methods. I found there was one weird one where I remember like I was very sick and my mum strapped onions to the bottom of my, of my feet because she was like, the, uh, the onion will absorb all of the um, negative uh, energy that's within you and all of the pain. Um, and there was another one where it was like eggs where the egg absorbs it and the egg goes from being just like a standard hard-boiled egg to becoming concrete. And apparently the reason it became concrete was because it absorbed all of that negative. Wow. It's like, so I go to a doctor and they tell me, have some Panadol and then you're going to strap a whole onion to my leg and be like, that's going to be So that's why I... Such a contradiction. It, it is, but, and people are going to hate me for this, but that's why I love, I, I love both democratic and communist um, countries, but because I like I pick and choose what's good about them. And look, I think what you're explaining is not the communist; it's social, mm, I was yeah. say the social thing. based. So like, yeah, things something that you it's Australia is pretty much down that path if you look at it. So we we have a very strong social service, yeah, but also. If you want to do a business, you're free to do it. Yeah. But you need to, if you earn good money, then you have to support the the people who are in demand and are and are in need. And so, like someone was telling me about the Centrelink story, which was a really beautiful story because it was like they have realized that you know some people within the society at some point in life they just can't work. Yeah. Okay, and then. Okay, until it's pick up the work, then we're gonna have to support it. Yeah. Okay. And of course, some people will come across and rob it, and you know, try to abuse it. But from an ideological perspective, I mean, that's where I want to live. I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. why I'm really proud to be to be Australian. Mm -hmm. It's because it got to this to this maturity level that the life it created a balanced life. Mm. I mean, again, could be much better, but compared to other places, that it's a lot better. It is. It is a lot better, mm. and there are a lot of lessons learned within that, and people mm. are still adopting. Um, but but again, coming back to the point is about the values in life. Mm. And it's really important because those Jung says that your personality shapes by the age of seven. Okay. Wow. So after that, 
you're just just old. It's a long time ago. <laughs> you, you're all set. Yeah. Okay. So it it requires a lot of work. If you, I mean, you you put an example of Indians who go through that system and then migrate and all that. It requires a lot of work to rewire your brain because you're really shaped by the age of seven. Okay, so you need to go and back into the childhood. You can work that up, you know, and build us up to to like rethink. And it's a it's a difficult job. Mm. It's not easy. It's, not not everyone is capable of it. Yeah, it's amazing that if this like knowledge is there out there, and it's obviously could be true we don't put more emphasis on good parenting like why why is that not it's hard it's very hard to and is going back to that one episode that we did where it's like sometimes pushing against the wind so people just don't want to do that because it's very painful um and and i've seen examples of it where like again you need a balance because Sometimes what happens is parents will say, okay, I want to give my kids everything I didn't have. And then somehow the, the kids turned out really spoiled because they've, you know, they got everything that the parents didn't have. Mm. Whereas then you've also got kids that don't get what they want. And then their personality is shaped because of that as well. And then they're very, you know, they're very tough. They're very, th- but that really like what you just said, I don't know, it clicked into my head something where like, I think that's the reason why a lot of people face and this is going to now tie into like the mental health thing mm-hmm. where a lot of people face those sort of issues. It's not the fact that they have these issues as an adult. It spawns from the trauma that they've had from a child. Mm. And the reason why they, you know, we can, we can, we can develop as much as we want, but our, and if it, if it, if it is the fact that, you know, by seven, our personality is shaped by that, we need to have such a great, you know, zero to seven uh, years of life for us to not be affected and for us to not have a lot of issues internally. Whereas um, I think a lot of us, if, if we've faced anything in that age, then we can try and cover it up, but it will still be within us. Mm. And then even I think if you don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if you don't remember it, the, the, consequence of it is still ingrained within you yeah um where like that clicks into my head where like i've seen a lot of things here and there where it goes especially with the partnership it goes all right try and heal the inner child within your partner or even like within a within a friendship or just whatever it's like just try and be aware of that i think as i i and i i think for us moving forward like the, our generation it's a big thing that we have to keep in mind mm. with our kids is okay be harsh but have that level of okay from zero to seven let's let's really be strategic about how we grow up do you do you find anything like you said all of this very vague and like if you're open to it i, I can share mine um have you ever reflected on what what's your like weakness psychologically what is it that you crave or like were missing and like for myself i think recently as well i've noticed that um i've reflected on my behavior and it's seeking validation and that Mm. that was the big thing that i think i missed out on which was like receiving validation that 
like I was good enough. Um, and that, and then I see myself, um, seeking validation from people around me. Like even with this podcast, like, like seeing the public reaction to it and, um, it makes me happy, but I'm very aware that it makes me happy. And I'm like, mm. Mm, it's interesting that this is so pleasing to me. Cause then I'm like, oh, the opposite could also be true. Yeah. If someone leaves a really bad comment, like, damn, I think I would be really affected by that. Cause I care so much. And it's like thinking about even from my like managers at work or yeah. like people like superiors my whole life. It's just like, I wanted to please mm. and I wanted to get validation that, yeah, that you did a good job, Bijan, you know? And that's kind of my crux that I've kind of reflected on myself for. Is that because from a young age, you didn't get a lot of validation? Uh, I think it's, I think my thing is very common, um, for a lot of Indian like kids. And I think it's that they were never impressed. Like nothing I did was good enough. Yeah. 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 It's that game of number, I think. Yeah. No, I I think it's the personal thing. Cause I know, I know parents that didn't push like that. Yeah. Where... Um, especially here, I think parents do do a really good job of, uh, maybe too much, <laughs> It is, yeah. <laughs> but of, um, back a little bit of like making sure their kid feels that they are good enough and they, are they're being seen, they're being seen and recognized yes. for the efforts that, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whereas myself, yeah, I think maybe it wasn't as much, I mean, but like, don't get me wrong now they're very proud of me and they like speak a lot very highly of me to everyone but hey i'm not seven anymore am I? <laughs> <laughs> so it's still ingrained within you exactly yeah. and I th- but look once you're conscious of it it's something that although because it's like a instinct yeah. you kind of catch yourself either while you're doing it or afterwards yeah um but you do catch yourself and again it's just because you know you're set this way it doesn't mean you can't be rewired it just takes a lot of work mm. Long time. um yes yeah. but i'm on the journey you know yeah. um i read a really good book called uh the courage to be disliked i think i mentioned this previously that's really helped um for some reason something just came into my head mm. with the way you said it and applying it back to being seven say you're baking a cake and the ingredients are all there and you can improve it so if you're missing one crucial step or say one of the foundational ingredients was a little bit off, I feel like we can try our hardest. And this is, this is going to be, this is going to sound very like glass half empty sort of uh, um, perspective, but I feel like we can put as much fondant on it and we can put as much whipped cream and, and decorations on it. But I think, and it's very crucial because obviously from, from that young age, that's our brain is literally growing and creating those neural pathways and, and developing in that way where I think we can manage it, but we can never get rid of it. Mm. We can never replace it. Yeah. It'll still be there. Yeah. I, you know, what's funny. I, I didn't, I don't know how this happened, but on the way here while I was writing here, yeah. um, I had a thought about something which was so similar. And I didn't even know we were going to talk about this because <laughs> no one's in the script, yeah. but I, it's another analogy for the same thing. And it goes because I'm an engineer, right? So I, I've done a lot of CAD work. So yeah. when you're making a CAD model, it's, uh, like it's an assembly. Like if you're if I'm making this in CAD, I'll make each screw, each mount, the wire, the mic, everything's separate parts. Yeah. And then you put it all together at the end. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta be really careful in the initial part of it, because when you're making each part, you got to make sure the dimensions are right. You got to make sure everything's constrained. It fits with one fits. another. Yeah, 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 correct, right? 
but it's so easy sometimes, you know, oh, I'll be even like this whole thing, but like this ring here, uh, I will mess up, you know, some like the angle here or something. And it'll mean that something's broken in the CAD very early on, yeah. but it's, it's not a huge deal. You can't even tell the difference. Um, so you just ignore it, you keep going. And then you get to the end and this like whole thing is almost ready. And then everything just breaks. <laughs> <laughs> have you had that before i mean you do cut as well yeah so then you just put some super glue on there is a, <laughs> but there it's like i was thinking yeah. about it, it's like when you're going through a developmental phase and i don't know what it is but like something flashy. goes wrong it could take 20 years before it shows up again yeah. and then you're like whoa what is this yeah where does this come from like yeah uh, look it goes back to the um Okay, so have you ever thought why successful entrepreneurs wear same clothes every every day or so similar clothes? Isn't it to limit the time spent thinking? Um, it's because we have that and also we have limited uh, decision-making efficiency during the day. So yep. Why waste it on clothes? Why waste them clothes? I think the most efficient person, the most genius person, like 20 decisions a, a day, if you're the super, super genius one. Yeah. And then most average people is like six to 10 max. Okay. An ordinary person is like probably between three to five. Mm. I think those are important decisions. Yeah. But useless decisions are probably like compared to the. I'm talking about, yeah. I'm talking about like, I'm going to work. Yeah. Then which which routes I'm gonna take? Yeah. Okay. So that that is a decision. Yeah. Okay. So and a lot of decisions, for instance, when you're driving is coming from the subconscious. Mm. Okay. So that is not your conscious making decisions. It's it's your subconscious. Why did you close it? We have a lot of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. And the subconscious is about what happens in your past including your childhood, who you are at the moment as a person, shapes your subconscious the environment, the parents, the friends, the family, and all those partners and else, mm. because it's just there and it becomes a habit. Yeah. Okay. So part of that awakening the inner child, rewiring the brain, all of that is how to change those habits to get to the level that change the subconscious. Mm. Because what you said about it takes 20 years sometimes because, because, because people are just not aware of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And people mostly are not even aware of the fact that why they are making these decisions. Okay. Yeah. It's about self-study. Mm. And it's not something that's pushed. It is not pushed mm. in the systems that we grew up. Yeah. But if we go to the Australian system, education system, it's much aware of these things, mm. especially but, um, at the... Well, I mean, I grew up here, right? Like, yeah. I would say, I, I know what you're referring to. I mean, in high school, we had like, we had journals and we had yeah. the teachers. I would say it's not pushed at the right time because I didn't care then. You know what I mean? Like, I was fine. I, was, I didn't care about anything Cause it's... growing up. But it's, it's, it's almost when you're a young adult and you're like, post-adolescence when you're yeah. in your 20s figuring out what is and the life rest hits of my you. life life hits you yeah. that's when you actually need it because um, it's a ticking time bomb mm. it's it's like there's that it's just sitting there 
waiting for the that one trigger that one trigger and when we're adolescents we don't we don't care we we we're, we're full of hormones we're full of just idiotic like idiotic mindsets we're just like oh, i'm just going to live life i'm invincible yeah i'm going to stay up till 3 a.m. i'm going to wake up at 5 life is good i don't care mm-hmm. and then as soon as you become a young adult you're like i've got responsibilities life expects things from me mm. I'm not going to get things for free. I'm going to fall behind. Exactly. Mm. And then that's when it just pushes that button. Yeah. But look, I mean, the reason I'm saying is it's a good education here to te- to teach that. Because mm. after a certain age, it is difficult to yeah. teach people these concepts. Yeah. I'm going to say it bluntly. A lot of engineers come from Iran, for instance, okay? They come outside after after the degree. Okay, they come for a master's degree and they stay here and then go to the work. Yeah. I'm I born there so I can criticize that. I don't care if they they no backlash to it. They're all set in their mindset. Yeah. And it's very egoistic. Okay? Which then stops the collaboration. Stops the change. It's all formed. Yeah. They're just so rigid in that. Even though I don't believe it think it's wrong okay mm. and um it does not help to move forward yeah it does not help the innovation and it's very funny a few years ago there was this professor with the Iranian background who apparently has an influence in shaping the education system after the revolution in Iran and he was you know proud that you know Iranians know about they're really good at math and all those things and you know he was downgrading the Australian system that you know people kind of come out of the high school don't know about the math or it's not that level of high level math and then I was just like what an absolute crap seriously because if they if the students know why they're studying it they'll be good at it mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay most of the students who go through that education system in Iran is like why the fuck am I studying this yeah what is this why am i spending my life to mm. learn this when is come going to come handy to me okay and then by the time they learn it they're just so set because they already invested in it yeah mm. and it's such a wasted energy because they're like where am i going to apply this oh you know what that's so true i was speaking to like i was speaking to my like cousins I told you live here right yeah. mm. and i'm talking to them about what they studied in high school and like okay they did physics in high school and i'm tell- i'm asking them what level of physics you did like what did you learn about mm. and i'm comparing and the physics they learned in like year 11 is the physics i learned in second year uni and i'm like great <laughs> but you're becoming a nurse like what a waste of time and <laughs> energy yeah. that you put yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah correct you know what i mean correct. so it's like Yeah, I see what you mean by it, the the system here. Um look, I had one more statistic and I'm where I'm running out of time and this is the big one, okay? Cool, cool. So, so let's let's talk about it. Um obviously I want to recall some things into your mind, right? So we learned today that uh we have what 1 million abroad Indian international students, yep. right? Soon to be 1.5 to 2. Yeah. And that's about right now 36 billion dollars a year on university fees um yeah. that Indian students are paying, yeah. right? And close to catch up to the defense yes, budget. Yeah. Almost to go to and what is the defense budget? 76 billion dollars. It was in 2021. Okay. Now. Do you know what remittances? 
Yeah, sending money abroad. Sending yeah. money abroad. Do you know who the number one country is that remittance? India. India. Do you know how much? $125 billion a year. So almost double of the money that they spend is sent on... back. Yeah. So imagine that. So India could pay for its defense budget with just half the money that Indian oh, citizens, means... sorry, Indian people outside of India send back to the country. Jeez. Mm-mm. Isn't that insane? That is ridiculous. Um, I don't know what that's supposed to prove. Like what kind of behavior, uh, they, like, I don't even know, like, why? <laughs> like, his family, like, I guess it's, family. It's family, it's the family bond. Yeah. Um, because, again, when you really reflect and, and you change between the two societies, like, I, and I remember in high school, kids from the, their dream was as soon as I turn 18, I'm going to move out. I'm looking at them like, you're an idiot. My dad would slap the shit out of me if I said I'm going to move out. Like, what? And they go, yeah, no, it's it's so good. Like, I'm going to go live here. I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay, that's good. But then the the ethnic side of me, I'm like, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Sure. You're not going to be living with your family. You're going to be... And then, like so many people just... It's just and, and again, it's not to stereotype it, but it's from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, Australian kids. And Australia, I mean white, white Australians. They're just like, yeah, no, I... I don't want to live with my parents. I'm sick and tired of them telling me what to do and, and them controlling my life and hey, this and that. Yeah. And then you think they're controlling? Come to my house. I say, I tell my parents I'm depressed. They're like, what's depression? <laughs> Go you read a book. Hours I Go read a book. <laughs> <laughs> and then for you, you can swear at your parents. I, I, I can't even talk back to my parents. Yeah. Like I do that. That's disrespectful. And I, I remember this kid, this one kid was like, mom. And I was playing COD back there. And the mom's like, oh, you know, come have food. And he goes, shut up, mom. I'm like, what? what did you just do? You're going to you're gonna get your ass whooped. And he goes, what, what are you talking about? Like if I, if I don't listen to my parents, let alone tell them to shut up, oh, man. I'm not going to exist anymore. Yeah, no. And then, yeah. It's just that mindset. They're like, I'm, all right, as soon as I turn 18, done. Whereas with a lot of the ethics, they're just like, okay, till I die, yeah. we, are, we are together. And, and even like... You know like, that thing they say, um, like, like, it's like an ethnic meme. And it's um, when you're living with your parents, you don't pay with money, you pay with your mental health. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> I feel like we're going towards Russell Peters now. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. But like one thing but, that, that yeah. sounded so beautiful that I heard from like my dad um, not long ago, and that was especially you know after I was made redundant and whatnot, and, and even like he, he quoted it uh, as well. I remember I was just like, oh, I, I have, you know, he asked me, he goes, have you serviced your car? I'm like, ah, I can't be bothered. I don't want to spend the money for that. Um, and he goes, why not? I'm like, because I don't want to be putting money that I have. I don't want to touch my savings and I don't want to put just random money towards the car. I'm like, the car will keep running. And he goes, you do know that everyone's money here, like your money is our money. My money is your money. Our financials is all shared. He goes, it's never you by yourself. Whereas I find with a lot of like, yeah, you know, parents will, the bank of mum and dad will like give you money, but it's never shared. 
it's always this is yours this is mine and and i was so taken aback by it because growing up here i was like okay this is my money and, and that my parents money is their money and i have to help and i pay them and he goes any bill that we pay is paid by the family not by you and as an individual so if you ever need anything you have the pool of resources to work with and i think that's why mm. it's it's really the fact that like we are so like it's within our dna it's within our culture of like you're going to be with family for the rest of your life yeah and even mm, that's interesting i i see where you're coming from yeah. but i i would think of it slightly differently which is that um it's it's similar but different in the fact that when I have kids, um, and they can hold me to this when they watch this back. <laughs> Come um, on, Bijan Junior, watch. Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we, we're keeping this. It's okay. like when I have kids, that child is my responsibility yeah. until they leave my house. Yeah. Right. And so, and so I don't ever want to go to my kid and complain how hard it is to pay for them because I chose to have you. Therefore, it is my responsibility yeah. to make sure you are clothed and fed. You have everything that you need until you leave the house. That's my responsibility. But then it's that thing that gets instilled with them. And for them to have that yeah. obligation to be like, that my parents don't expect it from me. Yeah. But now the fact that I have the means to do so, I will support them. Mm. But this is where we differ, right? I would not, no, I'm not saying anything with your parents or anything, but like for me personally, it's like, if they were to give me money, I would put it aside and give it back to them when they leave. Cause like, I don't, it's not that I don't need your money. It's that I, I was a, like, God has blessed me to be able to be yeah. like, have enough money to raise you. Yeah. And I, I believe that I will, that's fine. Um, but to the point where, uh, I don't need any of your money and I want you to have that for yourself. If you want to give me money, I would rather you save it yourself, you know, and, and use it on yourself because mm. until you leave the house, you're my responsibility. Yeah. Um, I think, and that's that's with my parents, is like anything that I've ever contributed to them. Yes. My mom's always been like, whatever you've ever contributed towards us. Yeah. I've, I've actually kept it aside. Mm. So you so you so if you ever like, you go, oh, I've paid for this bill. Goes, yeah, but I, whatever yeah. you paid, I just kept it aside. Exactly. And whenever you need it, here you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's your, a great system. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a great, and, and that community-focused system. That's the it, best. Yeah, it lasts generational wealth, you know. Yeah, and I think I think it's getting more and more um, airtime now. Generational wealth and mm. the idea of like, because I think people are realizing now it's like single income, you know. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> like I mean, if my dad had a lot of founded like wealth yeah. to push on, Look, sure. But, but there is there is this challenges because if you don't face challenges, then you not you don't really grow. Yeah, and challenge comes with the responsibility because people cannot if they put you through the challenge it's not worth it because it's a pain but if you go face your own challenge then you're dealing with your own fate mm. but you have to become someone that looks at a challenge and goes that's interesting yeah i want to face it not that's why the education is important mm. that's why mm. the wiring is important because that click needs to happen much earlier in someone's in 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 someone's life to say okay that's my challenge for life and i'm going for it okay and i and i pay for it mm. and part of the so like 
look, I I love parents and I love being around them and sort of like live with them possibly. But they had I didn't have any challenge with them. You know, I was a quiet person, but I was a rebellious one at the same time because I did what I wanted to do. Yeah. And they couldn't do anything about it. But like they tried really hard, but I played the game. The, the, um, what, what, what I'm talking about is like, it's, it depends that, um, do you let your parents actually let define the path that you're going to choose or you're going to choose the path that you want to go on? Okay. Yeah. And I, again, I go back to this that I mean, it's really statistics base. Look at the U S. US has been for the last century, the prominent country that leads the technology and science and all that. Yep. And it is based on the freedom, not the communism, but the freedom. Mm. Okay. It's rough. It's tough. I may not agree or like everything about it, but Hey, it shows an evidence of how you get how you go through that process and how you can grow. Okay. Maybe we need to rethink about how we can optimize that type of mentality, you know, all of that. But coming back to this point, if you limit yourself, you never grow. Mm. Mm. If you don't, if you don't go to the path to face the challenge personally, you don't, you don't really grow. And that's, I think, and that's becomes part of a fear-based mentality that a lot of younger generation I see are facing. Mm -hmm. and, and look, um, the, it, the innovation is part of being fearless to be able to experiments. Okay. But not also experiment, but also, okay, I failed. How I'm going to deal with that. Yeah. interesting. How I'm going to stand up again and say that's done. And look, if the family support exists there, that's, that's a bonus. Yeah. That's a great thing. But again, it's personal experience. I think a lot of parents don't have that wisdom to be brave enough to let the child go. Mm. And the story of that, I mean, this is a metaphor that I use. This, you know, if you look at the Batman movie, is it Batman? The last, in, in one of those senses that he's climbing the, he's climbing up the, the tunnel. Um, that he the prison that he gets sent to. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Bane. Yep. Um, he tries and he tries. He tries with the ropes, as, you know, holding him. Yeah, because he's got the fear. He's got the fear. As yeah. soon as he gets rid of the rope, like that's it, and I'm gonna do it. He he he, he succeeds. Yeah. Uh, it's a very like very harsh like example of it. I think that's a reality of life that we need to live life like we, you know, fearless mm. and, and not in the sense that we go do crazy stuff, you know, mm. not become, you know, <clears throat> uh, drinking alcohol every yeah. day is not good. So that's, that's experiment also, but I'm not encouraging that. I'm talking mm. about the values that in life matters. A lot of people these days don't get married. Yeah. 
it, it shows that they're running away from from the responsibility because mm -hmm. they have been scared of that because, because they, it looks very daunting it is very daunting yeah. a lot of people like this is typical i think you know this is an observation from uh, from me as a male looking at the female population so women like a female grew up in a parent's house it's a comfortable life yeah okay is everything is paid is perfect how do you i mean if you're in early 20s as a male and you try to build a life you can't create the same level of comfort for that female yeah. to get married it's just impossible so people especially have this economy especially in this economy so that's how you lost the process that that and it, it, it's again look it applies to all you know most men as well you know they they leave house up until mid mid 30s the, you know these days mm. which is just ridiculous to me because then people have lost that okay my parents are having this comfortable life but they have tried hard for it to get mm. to this level they build they saved they have had the strategy they worked as a team to get to this level but then younger generation are just lost that bit of the story that how to sort of build a life like that and 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 you see that you know um then you see that you know a lot of young single adults which then leads to loneliness one of the reasons why and it was on I think a podcast that I listened to was again, and then you mentioned to to it where it's like yeah, for females, they're living in a house where everything's paid for. Mm. They've got that standard of living that's just, and of course, you know, their dad's going to say, "My little princess." Yeah, correct. They're going to treat them like a little princess, mm. and someone has to be there to be equivalent of treating them like that or more. Mm. Um, and yes, at this stage, you know, I think it's one of the first times where a, a an individual in their 20s, um, in their mid to late 20s, mm. is not more successful than their parents were at that age yep. because everything's more expensive. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing is that women will always look for someone better than them, not for someone that's less than. Mm -hmm. And women are, you know, uh, and, and, and you love to see it, they are getting such great careers they're they're building things for themselves they're they're building such immense uh success but the downside of that is for men we're going in the opposite direction where you know we're, we're not able to sort of meet those quotas we're not able to mm. reach that success so women will look around and there's a very small pool of people that are, they're willing to settle with and all the other majority of the men that are at this stage. And I think there was one um, statistic that uh, they mentioned was in this day and age, it takes 200 swipes to, uh, especially on like Tinder and Hinge and all that shit. Mm. It takes 200 swipes to get even one connection to ask somebody to go a coffee. And out of those, um, uh, but then out of, it takes out of five, only one will show up for that coffee really yeah wow so five people commit to uh, going to a coffee date with you mm. only one will show up but it took 200 swipes per wow. per 200 swipes it took to get one person so out of a thousand swipes 
you get one coffee there. Wow. And that's why people have to, especially for men, it's that loneliness <laughs> that I comes mean, up. Look, it's been a really <clears throat> heavy episode. It is. Um, <laughs> We've jumped so many topics. <laughs> just to drag it back yeah. to the initial topic that yeah. we were idea. discussing. Um, men in today's life needs to be adopting themselves much more mm. because it's just a different environment. Yeah. Okay. And we need to, men need to learn different skills. Yep. Okay. And that's what sort of like intrigued me because yes, these engineering fields, tech and business and everything is great. Okay. But we need to learn about, so men are long-term planners. We are not short-term. Mm. We think strategically. Okay. But then we need to be able to actually learn to actually think short-term as well, mm. which, which requires a lot of adaptability, flexibility and all of that. Okay. It's good to have these skills, engineering schools, uh, logical skills. Okay. But it has to be in a sense that it, ha it has to be a balance between the softer skill that we need to let men need to learn as well. Okay. And that's why I think that education system probably not perfect for men because men need to learn about how to work with each other as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's not how, how how not to compete all the time. Mm. Okay, mm. we need to learn to build things, especially for the last thirty years with disruption of the manufacturing going away from our societies. Men are so like, what are we here for? Well, yeah. yeah, we've got nothing else to do. We can we can nothing. Yeah. And and look, I mean, like on that point, have you seen the movie Dead Poet Society? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it though. No, there is a there is a quote in there, and it's beautiful it says all these professions are you know law engineering you know medicine all these things are noble noble pursuits in life yeah okay but without poetry without love without that vision for life the values it's it doesn't make sense you know those are the things that shapes the shapes the life okay and then with the engineering science and everything we can actually think of explain the reasons behind them yeah i think that's what is missing that's interesting that that we need to sort of like encourage mm. especially younger men to come on board and talk about those things and learn about those yeah. things. You know, I see a lot of younger men think they're really macho and tough, but then they're actually really not. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, to close us off, I think initially the idea and the title of the, the podcast was the Indian effect, right? Yeah. And what, what I called the Indian effect is this idea of, someone coming from an Eastern society growing up and then coming and thriving in a Western society. Mm. And it's, that's, that's what I'm calling it. Um, <laughs> just so that you can reference it for the future. Yes. And, and, and 
what exactly caused that success. And I think I think we talked about some statistics, talked about some reasons, and I think mm. we had a really good discussion. So um, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you um, for bringing that. Yeah, it was definitely a great topic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we did we did jump around in, no, into but... many different um areas uh, and we wanted to show the relationships because now yeah. people are will yeah. be curious to go and know about trends about mm. the cultural trends yes, more exactly. than more than anything it affects all of us it impacts yeah. all of everyone yeah. yeah exactly um yes so next week we have a guest as well so it won't be us that would be mm. exciting that'll be exciting that'll be very exciting um but yeah i think i think we're done thank you vision yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bridget. And thank you to all of our lovely listeners um, for taking the time out of your day to sit here uh, or to, you know, I guess while you're driving, while you're at work, whatever you're doing, um, we hope you had a wonderful time listening to us, have a uh, bit of a discussion about many different things, um, and hopefully you learned some wonderful things from our discussions. Um, but, yeah. We, we appreciate you listening. Please, please follow and subscribe. It really, really, really helps us a lot. Um, and let us know how we're doing if you have any feedback for us. And look forward to next week's episode.